Welcome to the December 2020 edition of City Connection. City Connection is the live television program with Grand Rapids Mayor Rosalind Bliss. It's where we offer the community the opportunity to hear about efforts from City Hall and beyond. With Community Media Center, I'm the host, Linda Galash. It's good to be back with you live on air at a time as we experience uh, another surge in the pandemic. We are doing this live episode with Mayor Bliss joining us in the studio by remote video. Today we also have a special treat. Um, we'll let you know that we have City Manager Mark Washington joining us by video as well. Uh, December is always a good time to take a look at the year that is coming to a close and this particular year has been like no other. It's also a great opportunity to look ahead and plan for, uh, at the plan for the future here in Grand Rapids. To help with the retrospective, we will be talking with both Mayor Bliss and City Manager Washington together and also during the City Connection episode, we provide time for uh, you to ask questions of the mayor and you can make your comments later in the program, your opportunity to take part. We do that uh, in the second half, in the second half of this hour, and you can do that by emailing cityconnection at grcmc.org, or you can do it by Twitter. It's at GRTV Access or commenting on GRTV's Facebook page. City Connection is a collaboration between Community Media Center and the City of Grand Rapids broadcasting live today December 7th on Community Access Television Channel 24, live streaming at therapidian.org and at GRTV's Facebook page. We'll rebroadcast this episode throughout the month, but today we are live. I want to say welcome, uh, Mayor Rosalind Bliss and City Manager Mark Washington. Welcome to the show. Hello, it's good to be with you virtually. Great. Well, good to have you both. We have done this show together. It just looked a lot different the last time we did this, uh, not too long after you arrived here in Grand Rapids, uh, City Manager. But we're just going to kind of take this time to give a little bit of a review, a look back at what's happened here in 2020, maybe your top uh, three or so things that uh, make this year memorable to you. And then we'll pivot after that. We'll shift to looking at uh, what's ahead for Grand Rapids. So, Mayor, I just wanted to maybe start with you and tell us kind of the things you've seen out of 2020. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Linda. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I think everyone I talk to will, will say that 2020 has been a year like no other. And, uh, you know, in thinking back on this past year, uh, I did my State of the City address about two weeks before the um, stay-at-home order and state of emergency was was issued. So I had this long list of goals and hopes for this year, and uh, two weeks later, they were turned upside down, and, and really all of us experienced this significant shift in our world as we started to grapple with how do you navigate a pandemic. Um, you know, and with that said, that's that's been a lot of this year. It's been a lot of uh, responding quickly and uh, really managing crises. Um, but there are so many things that I'm proud of um, here within the city and within our community. You know, as the needs in our community became apparent, uh, we as a community came together and, and really collaborated and worked together collectively to figure out what we needed to do to support families. So United Way set up a coronavirus response fund and we're able to raise millions of dollars um, really quickly to help families and individuals. We had restaurants who had food in the refrigerators and they started donating that food to, you know, individuals who were laid off. We had the business community and our economic development community come together with the city to identify ways to support our small businesses that were impacted. 
And then we saw this tremendous community spirit all over our city where, you know, neighbors were supporting neighbors and people were standing outside with words of support to our frontline workers and, and really rallying together as a community uh, it, to really express our our community pride and spirit and remind everyone that we're in this together. Uh, and then internally, we had to pivot quickly from city, city services that got shifted quickly uh, that the city manager can can touch on. Uh, but then, you know, you look back at everything we've been able to do, you know, we've transformed outside spaces quickly into social zones for businesses to utilize. Uh, we've really changed a lot of our city processes and streamlined them in order to support economic recovery. Uh, and then really working with community members closely, the health department primarily, as we come together as a community to try to mitigate the spread of COVID. Um, and as you said, we're experiencing a, another surge right now. And the only way we're gonna mitigate that is by all of us coming together and following those medical precautions. Um, so it's been a year of, I should just say, a collaboration and partnership and a real sense of community, even though we're all going through a lot of challenges. Uh, you know, this year has been a year of a lot of stress and pain and heartbreak. Uh, you know, in our community alone, hundreds of people have lost their lives to COVID. Uh, and so it's just been a really challenging year, yet also lots of uh, experiences that warm your heart and give you great hope about the future. Thanks, Mayor. And, and City Manager Washington, maybe a little bit of the same from you, your thoughts on what it's meant for our city and then a little bit about uh, the, the switch of marshalling city resources to address this. Yeah, it, um, thank you, Linda. Uh, I, I agree with the mayor. It, it certainly has been a year that has uh, tested uh, who we are as a community because it's been tough. It's been tough individually. It's been tough uh, civically for government and corporately for small businesses and uh, also socially. I mean, in addition to all the medical issues that the pandemic has caused around health and, and well-being, um, we've had to deal with uh, some of the, 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 you know, the issues around uh, racial injustice uh, as a result of uh, some of the national issues that happened outside of our community that brought local attention to some of the things that were occurring in our community around public safety. And so, if you will, we, we've been wrestling with this double pandemic, um, or triple, both COVID, the economy, as well as these issues around uh, uh, racial injustice, systemic issues, and police reform. And it has, um, you know, brought out the best and worst uh, to, to some degree. I think it, uh, the, particularly around um, the issues of uh, social injustice, once the, the murders of uh, uh, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd began getting national attention, uh, we had to take a hard look into uh, how we managed resources within our own police department and the type of culture we wanted to have within the department and partnership we wanted to have with the community. And I appreciate our police chief Payne uh, for uh, working with his command staff and with the community to figure out how policing might look differently in uh, this community. That we would be able to build trust uh, with residents and take a more neighborhood approach and use more de-escalation tactics and and it's a mixed bag. You know, some people were real pleased with 
our, our progress that we've made, and certainly we're, we're, we recognize it's a journey and not a sprint, and others wanted to see more progressive reform, and um, we're, we're making progress. I'm real pleased with, with what has come through that, and we've been able to strengthen our oversight office for more transparency and accountability in the police department. But at the same time, it's it's been hard because um, with the in, increasing number of murders, excuse me, increasing number of deaths with the pandemic, we likewise have seen very uptick in violence in our community. Um, where as we speak today, we're, we're, I believe it was reported earlier today that we experienced a 35th homicide. And certainly this is a memorable year um, in many respects, but, but that, that's one of them. And uh, my heart goes out to every one of the victims of both the COVID pandemic, as well as um, those who have, have lost their lives, especially since. And so it's it's been it's been challenging, but I think you know this is what we've signed up for is in terms of being a public servant that we want to be there for our community in the good times and the bad times. And uh, my staff has has done the best that they could while remaining safe. There's sometimes city hall was not totally accessible, but we had to provide services based on appointments. And there's other times we learn how to communicate differently during this pandemic. And certainly uh, technology has been something we've mm -hmm. been um, forced to embrace and uh, both informally and in having communications with the public as well as socially. And we're trying to do our best to communicate with the public in platforms like this. Uh, the last time we had this conversation, we were all in studio and, you know, within inches of each other. Uh, so uh, we've, we've tried to pivot and uh, do what we can to both be safe in, in, in terms of making sure our employees uh, remain safe. We had a significant number of employees who uh, were infected with the virus. Uh, fortunately for us as a city, no, there has been no loss of life. All have uh, recovered. And so um, we have a lot of people who are on the front line, the same issues that the hospitals are experiencing with their uh, employees, we're experiencing as a municipality. And I appreciate all of our public servants for putting their life on the line to try to make sure that we do things to advance our community. And we've tried to uh, make sure that the, the, the playbook that we had prior to COVID, the issues that were priorities prior to COVID, whether it was economic development, public safety, or housing, or even you know environmental justice and um, engaging our community, those have only been amplified during COVID. And what we've seen is uh, the need to repurpose resources. Uh, so like we, we've seen an uptick in, in people with housing issues as well as homelessness. And so we've reallocated personnel from the police and fire department to be on the front line in partnering with some of our mental health workers and, and Mayor said earlier collaboration, our partnership with the county, we've really learned how to work together. We appreciate the collaboration with Network 180 that will allow us to address people who are among the indigent population. Thank you for that, uh, City Manager Washington. We're just a, a little bit away from our first break, but when we come back, we'll, we'll take another uh, talk about maybe a little bit of the social justice inequities that really did surface through the pandemic. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back with City Connection with Mayor Bliss and City Manager Washington after this break.
88.1 FM WYCE, a proud member of the Grand Rapids Community Media Center, has been serving the Grand Rapids community and beyond for over 30 years, offering a world of music through commercial-free, independent radio. Head on over to WYCE.org today, where you can stream our broadcast 24-7, check out exclusive artist interviews, or make a donation. From everyone at 88.1 FM WYCE, thank you for your support. Welcome back to City Connection, and uh, we, I am live in the studio, joined live by video with uh, Mayor Rosalind Bliss and City Manager Mark Washington. We were talking just a little bit before the break, uh, a bit about how uh, a pandemic has brought to the surface some of the social injustices that the city was kind of working on, addressing, really um, digging into right before a lot of this happened. And Mayor Bliss, uh, did you want to follow up a little bit on what City Manager Washington was mentioning? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, the, the pandemic has, has amplified and exposed so many of the deep racial disparities that exist across systems, whether it has been in the, in the medical field or, you know, individuals that have been most impacted by furloughs and layoffs and losing their jobs or not being able to work remotely from home, um, you know, economic opportunity. You know, even we just recently saw data based on um, you know, what businesses were successful in getting PPP and small business loans and uh, people of color and, and business owners of color um, were disproportionately left out of a lot of those resources. Uh, and so it's just been exacerbated. And you're right, we've talked about racial disparities in our community for a long time, and, and those have been amplified in so many devastating ways through this. And, and then in the midst of that, as the city manager said, uh, you know, we've been working hard around issues related to to racial justice and looking at how do we transform policing to eliminate racialized outcomes. And I just want to echo what the city manager said and really give a lot of uh, praise to our police chief who has navigated not just the pandemic this year, but really has worked hard to work with community to bring forward a strategic plan with a new vision of how the department will be more neighborhood focused. And, and as we um, have, have created and, and built up our Office of Oversight. So I know both the chief has been on the show with me before, as has Mr. Brandon Davis, and both of them have been doing exceptional work in a, during a really difficult year. Um, so I just wanna thank them both. And then, and then also the city manager touched on the homeless outreach team you know, in addition to that, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of families and individuals struggling with um, housing stability and homelessness. And in, addi in addition to the homeless outreach team, um, we also added a full-time position here at City Hall to assist with homeless outreach coordination. Uh, the city has never had a position 100% dedicated to issues related to homelessness. And so again, my, my hope is that um, people recognize that this is a priority and we're investing in uh, in the resources needed to help move forward and reach some of our our goals and outcomes and, and obviously in partnership with a lot of community organizations um, but you're seeing the city step up in ways that I believe we've never done before um, on a whole host of issues but especially on issues related to homelessness could you talk a little bit about what it looks like that new position that the city has created for uh, outreach to the homeless yeah, city manager, you want to talk about that? Sure. Um, we have a position in our community uh, development department that will be working internally with um, all of the 
uh, departments that are involved in the homeless outreach response, whether it's uh, public safety departments or uh, parks department, because what we've seen is that uh, part of the places where some of our homeless uh, residents are tend to frequent are in our park system, as well as uh, coordinating with our public works departments and, and other mobile GR because we have issues around transit and homelessness. And so there's an internal coordination. So we're speaking as one city, one voice, but there's also external coordination. We were doing a good job before, but what we found is that the, 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 the need is even greater now for a person to constantly 24 7 365 all that that's the only thing they're doing is um, thinking about how to work with community partners community stakeholders as well as our partners at uh, the county to make sure that we can have a plan and as well as execute the plan uh, that will help us to eradicate uh, homelessness and we, we part we, we partnered with community rebuilders for example and, and since that position started we've rehoused at least 12 homeless persons in uh, transitional housing uh, and certainly we're, we're continuing to partner with the shelters and we're working right now just like we're trying to winterize uh, the social zones that we have in our community about how you know allow people to have pleasant experience in the winter we're also looking at how do we create more shelter space uh, for the homeless population, particularly when we're having to social distance even more and that uh, having less density inside the shelters uh, creates a demand for more space. And so the city has remobilized our resources. Some of it we got through CARES and state funding, uh, but we are also looking at, uh, you'll be hearing shortly of, of an agreement that we're working on partnering with our stakeholders, uh, community stakeholders in the county and uh, finding more shelter space. And so that position has been very vital to that. And that's all they do 24-7-365. Linda, if, if I could could go back to one of the comments earlier around both the challenge and, and how we've, we've uh, responded to it, in particular around the issues of, of injustice. I think what, what this pandemic has done, it's, it amplified the already existing problems, challenges, and inequities that we had, but it also accelerated our response. Because as you identified earlier, we were already working in some of these spaces already, but perhaps not to the in the pace of a emergency response. So we're doing everything under emergency uh, operations, which is which is very rapid, and sometimes it's too rapid, but we, we have to be responsive. So, for example, the issues around equity, uh, what we've what we've done is now it allowed us to really formalize our um, divert uh, our chief equity officer uh, and formalizing that position in the organization, as well as uh, launching. Uh, greater uh, community engagement around equity. And we've just approved four, well, we've approved two contracts around diversity and equity training, both internally, but also allied training within the community, as well as creating more cohorts so that we can experience uh, not only the need to be culturally aware, but also really solving problems practically together. But if I look at other areas, it not only amplified the need, for example, on small business, um, it, the impacts and, and, and the challenges small business already have, but it accelerated the need for us to be creative 
particularly on the resale side and uh, develop social zones or on public safety it amplified the existing dis uh, disparities with people of color interaction with law enforcement but it accelerated our response in order to work with some of our community-based organizations particularly those who work around civil rights to make sure that we reform our department or in the park system it amplified uh, you know, the, the, the weaknesses that we have with indoor spaces, but it accelerated our response to make sure that our parks were accessible. We had, a, we had the most demand for park services that we've ever had because we recognize that, you know, outdoor engagement is safer than indoor confinement. So, so I think, you know, with, with COVID, we, we've, it, it's, it's, it's a curse and a blessing. And I, I don't want to make light of, of the challenges and, and, and how morbid it is. But I do want to, I remain hopeful because I think as a city in every way, we've met the challenge. And uh, even in, in, in staffing, you know, you know I've I, I had a hiring freeze, but there are some positions that I still have to be able to bring on an organization for the continuity services of the public. I didn't know how, how we're gonna be able to do it in COVID, but we've, we realized how to become more efficient and effective as an organization like many other employers are doing. And so I, I, I'm, I'm taking that as hope for the future that we as a city and as a state, as a country, we will figure this out. We will get through this. And um, it gives me courage. I got a mayor who is as tough as nails. Uh, I've never seen anybody uh, as resilient as she is. And I think her resiliency is a reflection of the resiliency in our community. Now we're not perfect. And uh, we're not perfect, certainly not perfect as a city organization, governmental institution, uh, and, 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 and not perfect in any manner, but I think we are getting better. Um, we're, we, this pandemic is it, as strange as it may sound, it is making us better than where we were before we went in it. Well, thank okay. you for that perspective. And, and uh, Mayor Bliss, I was just gonna let you comment on that a little bit, but I also wanted to maybe um, press in a little bit and say this has kind of accelerated the, the progress. Is there anything that it brought to service that we weren't quite focusing on that we need to as well? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll add um, specifically around economic development. Um, as the city manager was talking, it, it reminded me of a number of things that we have accelerated and amplified. I think that's just such a great word for this past year. Um, you know, even looking at economic development and being more intentional and strategic um, in our partnerships and in our resources. So policy-wise, we moved quickly to shift and figure out how can we use our procurement to better support local businesses. And so we increased our bid discount, our micro-local business um, bid discount to 9%. Um, I, I, I should get comparison data, city manager, but that may be the highest bid discount for local businesses um, for a local unit of government in the state of Michigan. Um, again, with an intention to support our local businesses. We move forward a equity policy as we work through finalizing um, the language for our, our cannabis ordinance. We uh, also recently um, move forward contracts through our economic development department uh, to work more closely with our Hispanic chamber and with the Grand Rapids area black businesses and with our local first organization. Again, with a, a intention to what can we do to support our local and small businesses, particularly minority and women-owned businesses? Uh, so I, again, I, I feel like we have been much more 
uh, intentional and strategic, but also there's just been an urgency added to everything this year, which has made our jobs busier, uh, a little more chaotic at times. Uh, but because of the urgency of the moment, we have moved, I would say, quicker on a number of these issues than I have seen us move as a city in the 15 years that I've been around this table. Absolutely, Mayor. I think you, you phrased it. Well, everything has been treated as urgent. And so, in a, and it's interesting because in a, in a moment in where we're social distancing the most, we have the highest participation in our census that we've had in a while, preliminarily, or the highest voting turnout. And that that's, it just doesn't happen. It's by intention. It's also by accountability from the public and and support and collaboration from the public. But there is a there's a sense of urgency about everything. Now the the challenge is, for an organization, this is not sustainable. Not right. Well, like we've been we've been moving at a hundred miles an hour since March until December, and I as as managing not just the city but the organization I have a lot of employees that are starting to experience the fatigue and the, and the burnout. And, and like every other citizen, I mean, it, it, there are other people that are, that are experiencing this in their own environments as well. And so as we move forward, uh, I think for 2021, and hopefully begin to stabilize in both our um, number of infections and response and funding, and a lot of it is economically driven, that we'll be able to really prioritize and be laser focused on what are the things we need to do in in the kind of the near term um, to help in, in recovery. And we had this conversation with the city commission uh, back in uh, October, I believe it was the end of October, around a retreat really prioritizing for the future and focusing around several areas. And what, what we've found is that there, there are about six or so areas that we really, really need to hone in for uh, the remainder of 2021. Public safety, crime prevention, economic development, obviously the responses uh, related to COVID infection rate, housing and homelessness and, and fiscal sustainability. So I, 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 I'm hoping that uh, we're able to, as a both a community and organization, really become, you know, laser focused on establishing priorities and really bringing some normalization back to our community. And we know it's going to be hard, and there's going to be a long tail on the recovery. But I, I think we have uh, we have started to to try to funnel the priorities and, and realize everything cannot be urgent all the time. That's a great point, City Manager Washington, and it's a good way for us to take the next break and come back in the next half of the hour to talk a little bit about the future look and some of those six or so items that you're mentioning that are priorities and what we can look forward to in the second half of fiscal year 2021 or in the calendar year 2021. So we'll take a break right now here on City Connection. We'll be right back with Mayor Roslyn Bliss, City Manager Mark Washington. For over 30 years, after humble beginnings as a public access TV station, the Community Media Center has grown to be an active, multi-platform media and technology assistance organization, encouraging and enabling people of our community to push their creative boundaries. We power a variety of resources, including a music-centered community radio station, WYCE, 
a community venue with stage and screen at Wealthy Theater, citizen-driven journalism with The Rapidian, a web development team empowering local nonprofits, an education department that trains and broadens students' minds, and a free speech platform public access television studio, GRTV, where it all began. By introducing audiences to new voices and ideas, we enhance community engagement and create connections between artists and audiences, enriching our city's cultural offerings. We empower and collaborate with platforms and resources accessible to all and used by all. Every free democratic society depends on media, accessible to the community, uncensored by government. The Community Media Center continues this work for the media landscape of today and tomorrow. These platforms and services empower our neighbors to tell their stories and explore the richness of culture that Grand Rapids has to offer. Connect, discover, learn, create, and share the Grand Rapids Community Media Center. Welcome back to City Connection. We are alive in the studio via video with uh, City Manager Mark Washington, uh, Mayor Rosalind Bliss. And Mayor, as we closed out that half hour, uh, City Manager Washington was talking a little bit about the future look, some of those items that are really priorities for the city coming in 2001, 2021. So uh, add to that just a little bit. Yeah, so um, we are we are looking ahead, and actually, you know, even yet this year, we're still moving forward on a number of priorities, and and one of them is you know public safety and and being a city where people feel safe in every neighborhood all the time is a top priority, and um, the increase that we've seen in violence has has just been devastating. I've talked to families whose loved ones have been shot, and um, some who have been killed, and it is it is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, so that will continue to be a priority. I would love to see uh, in the next 30, 60 days, um, us move forward with an evidence-based violence prevention program. Um, we've talked about it for a long time. We have some key partners in the community who wanna come alongside us in that work. Uh, so I'm hopeful that that will move forward. And, and again, not just implementation of the chief's strategic plan. I think that will be a, continue to be a priority, but also so how do we work with our, our community partners, our neighborhood associations, you know, nonprofit organizations who are doing work around violence prevention? Um, you may have recently seen that United Way, through the county, through uh, about $500,000 in CARES Act, they gave out funding to seven nonprofit organizations to do violence prevention work in our neighborhoods. So that will continue to be a priority. Um, looking at next year, also, we have a lot of work still to do around homelessness and housing. Uh, so the Housing Security Alliance has moved forward uh, with our plan of how do we create a system that really looks at, um, you know, from homelessness to housing by choice. We had uh, the housing needs assessment that was finalized this year. One of the one of the goals that came out of that is increasing our housing fund. Uh, ideally, by the time I'm done being mayor, it'll be close to $20 million but we need to talk about how do we build that fund up so that we can support smaller infill projects that will help with uh, 
making sure that we have adequate housing in this community, particularly affordable housing in this community. Um, next year, an, another priority of ours is to move forward um, with updating our master plan. Again, with a heavy emphasis on housing. Um, I'm really happy to see that we're just finishing up our uh, age-friendly uh, plan, action plan, which we've been working on for over two years now. And as that plan is finalized, that too will be um, utilized in the updating of the master plan. So that's a that's a significant priority for our community. You know, it's an opportunity to look to what do we what do we want the future of our city to look like when it comes to planning and zoning. Um, so it's a huge undertaking, but it's a it's a really important undertaking that we do as a community. Uh, so those are those are some of the the big ones. I'll let the city manager touch on the others. Uh, uh, I'll leave a few for him to talk about from our retreat, but I also know that he has some priorities as well. Well, I'll just step back before we talk about specific city-led initiatives, just from a community perspective, I think the, the light at the end of the tunnel begins with the, the vaccination and uh, making sure that, um, you know, we have good education around uh, the vaccine and the medical science and trust. And I know that there are some people who will have to make personal decisions and whether or not they are willing to trust the, the scientific evidence, but we've been assured that um, it will be safe. Um, and it will be, um, um, you know, something that we think will, will help our community. And I, I think with that assurance, there, there's all kinds of possibilities that we really, really can, can realize in 2021. Um, we continue to have uh, economic development, large employers uh, who are um, interested in relocating to the Midwest, the Grand Rapids, and, and what we're seeing is kind of this um, urban exit from some of the larger metropolitan areas uh, with employers like New York and the LA's and Chicago. And that's evident uh, that we're still a, a destination for employment. And uh, with our uh, the recent announcement of Perigo uh, that is going to be locating uh, uh, its offices here downtown. We also, um, you know, as the mayor said, we'll, we'll continue to move forward with crime prevention. I think uh, 2021 has to be different than 2020 uh, from the public safety perspective, but it's not something the city can do alone. It's going to require um, community collaboration support. There will be um, shortly an announcement around our efforts on additional crime prevention efforts that will be evidence-based, uh, community-driven. So I'm looking forward to that and see if, if the results uh, will be better than, than this year. Um, I think the, the you know, near-term, the winterization of our economy, if you will, and, and normally we wouldn't even have to think about that because we'd have so much going on in the winter, uh, both inside and outside, uh, whether it is all of the, the different fall festivals or the beer and wine fest or the various things that would be going on at convention center or, or the arena. And so now we, we have to really, really think about how do we um, make sure that there's there's resilience and survivability for, for some of our business in light of the recent news that, that just only unveiled a few weeks, a few uh, moments ago rather, with another uh, 12 days of uh, the extension of the current order from the state. Um, not 12 days of Christmas that we'd like to sing about. 
So the budget process this year for the city will be very, very challenging. Last year, we reduced our overall budget by $22 million. Um, and we've done it in iterations because initially it was a, it was a um, $13 million reduction. And then we had come back and reduced another $9 million prior to the final adoption of the budget. We're still uncertain about the revenue um, shortfalls and um, about what kind of support we'll get from both federal and state government. And so um, good news for Grand Rapids, the city of Grand Rapids will be a continuation of the current services that we have, no, with no significant reductions that affects the quality of life of our community. Um, and, and that's something that we're really, really gonna be challenged in trying to figure out how do we maintain our existing service levels in all of our departments uh, that, that ensures that we're able to have continuity of government. And so that's gonna be very, very challenging um, over the next few months. And, but yet we have other things to hope that we continue to move forward like the restoration of the river and making sure that it's inclusive and equitable. And, and um, one of the kind of the, 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 the conversation we had earlier, the amplification and acceleration, we've accelerated the conversations around the, um, you know, we have the regular permitting process and the engineering work that has to get done, but also the, the economic development component around the river um, has been, the, the conversation about making it equitable and inclusive have been accelerated. And just like we have a full-time person that's dedicated to homelessness, we have a full-time person paid by a grant that's dedicated to the river activation from an inclusive and equitable perspective, uh, making sure that, uh, communities of color will be able to participate in, in that prosperity. So um, lots of lots of things near term that that I'm looking forward to in 2021. And and uh, Linda, can I just add one thing? Sure. Uh, that I wanna highlight that was just recently announced this past week, but will continue to be a priority. So as city manager said, diversity and inclusion and equity, it's a priority. It has been a priority. It'll continue to be a priority. And um, just this past week, we received the Municipal Equality Index, uh, which is a uh, scorecard that cities all over this country are measured up against. Uh, and we were proud to score 92 out of 100. Uh, and so that's a, a, a score that we all should be proud of that's indicative of the work that we're doing around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Well, Mary, and it's relative. And so it's not, it's not that we're saying it, we're, we're an A by any means, but it's from whence we've come because two years ago that score was 72 or so and so all the work that we've done the policy work has been recognized as trying becoming an equitable inclusive city and um and certainly we're not there yet the goal is 100 plus uh but it, it's progress that we're, we're making and it's good for our community it's good for for the economy um but again we're still we're still challenged by you know in our own crystal ball, what, what kind of support will we receive outside of our community from, from the federal and state government? Yeah, which which we are advocating for now. We're hopeful to see another federal relief package with dedicated funding um, that would go directly to support cities and states. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in D.C. right now and a lot of chatter about that. I'm hopeful, uh, although there have been many times I've been disappointed with um, D.C. And, and their ability to get things done. Uh, and then at the state level, we've been working really hard with uh, the Michigan Municipal 
colleague and cities throughout the state to really encourage our state legislature to pass a uh, community stabilization plan, which would support cities and, and local units of government to really weather this storm. So I just wanted to ask a little bit because you both talked a bit about the city's finances and how there were cuts leading up to the passing of the current budget and still the year played out very differently than maybe it was anticipated and couldn't know at that point. Is the city really um, having to dip into reserves? What is the financial stability right now? There was a lot of strength that was built prior to COVID happening. Where do things stand? Yeah, right now we're still in the last year's budget did not require us to utilize any of our reserves we were able to balance the budget without use of reserves and that 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 is the plan that that is how i would like to manage the city in fiscal year 22. i would want to reserve i would want to avoid reserves i want to want to avoid cuts that deeply impact our service level in the municipal government a lot of our services are rendered not just technologically but it's through um, labor through people and so i don't want to have deep reductions in personnel and so um, what we've done we, we've tried to be smart about where the re reductions were some of it was contract renegotiations we had contract renewed uh, for example our, our, um, our um, medical benefit contract for our workforce was renewed at the same time we had just started 2020 and we we're able to save you know 13 million dollars over a three-year period uh, there are other savings that we realize. Uh, some of it was by reducing some temporary staffing and, and service levels. Um, but hopefully moving forward, uh, we won't have to have significant reductions that will require us to use reserves because the, what we've learned from the 2008 uh, fiscal cliff was it took three years plus for some communities to come out. And so I would hate to begin utilizing reserves uh, very early on in the recovery. But th those are things we'll have to figure out. Thank you for that. Uh, we're going to take another break. We'll come back with uh, some more of the future look after this break. But City Connection with Mayor Rosalind Bliss and City Manager Mark Washington taking a break right now. The Rapidian for the community provides an alternative. To be the eyes of somebody who's not there. It's more honest, more authentic, and more true. And you do have the freedom to talk about things because they're things that need to be talked about, not because they'll get readers or viewers or clicks. Sometimes it feels intimidating to write a news story or, or to write a story about a, a community issue. What I love about the Rapidian is that they make it really simple and easy. So it's not like you have to meet this deadline by this time. I'll be eating a sandwich in one hand that I'm like typing in the other. I love the freedom to be able to write from wherever. I think it's a really powerful experience when people are able to tell their story and to be heard. Anyone can have a voice. Anybody can speak. It's a platform for the community to tell its own story in a very authentic way and that's powerful. The community has to be involved in order for it to be sustainable and so it tells you something about our community. Welcome back to City Connection live in studio by video with uh, Mayor Rosalind Bliss and City Manager Mark Washington. And Mayor Bliss wanted to pitch it to you for a little bit, a little bit more of um, looking forward and then how can we really help our community at this time? Yeah, so you know, looking forward, I'm, I'm grateful to have an amazing team here at the city to help us navigate this. And 
you know, we, we, as the city manager said, going into next year, there's still a lot of unknowns. You know, we're hopeful that the federal government will come through, as I said, or that the state will support us in collecting income taxes. Uh, and so we're hopeful uh, that we won't have to make deep cuts and we'll be able to maintain services as well as get through this without the city having significant financial shortfalls. Uh, and then just thinking about the year ahead, we will, as the city manager said, we are, you know, at, at a point where we know that there's an effective vaccine and it's going to be rolled out over the next four to six months. So hopefully just like, you know, all of us here at City Hall, that gives people hope um, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get through this pandemic. And then we need to think about what does next year look like and how do we start to reopen safely in this community? And, and in the meantime, what can we do to support our businesses that are struggling to make sure that they too can open back up in four, six, eight months from now. Um, so here at the city and with a lot of partners in the community, including the chamber and the Hispanic chamber and local first and experience Grand Rapids, we've been encouraging people that if they have the resources uh, to shop local and be really intentional about getting out there and supporting our local businesses. Um, restaurants get out there and buy a gift card or do takeout and, and just do what we can to help these small businesses make it through this pandemic. Uh, you know, these, the people who own these businesses, they're our neighbors and our friends and, you know, they're people that we care about and they're people who add to the vibrancy of our local community. Um, and then also going into the holiday, I know that this is a, a, a hard time for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are alone or they feel isolated. I think that's magnified this year because of the pandemic. Uh, and I know a lot of people who are who are struggling emotionally. And, and if that's you, then I really encourage you to reach out for help. Um, you know, don't suffer in silence and don't suffer alone. You know, call Network 180, call Pine Rest. Um, there are people out there who are here to help. Uh, and then for families who are struggling financially, we know with this recent shutdown, a lot of people found out at the last minute that they once again were without a job. Uh, and there is support out there. So please call United Way. Um, there are funds and support available to help families meet their essential needs as we continue to work through this pandemic together. So I just encourage people to, to reach out for help if they need help. Thank you, Mayor. And um, um, Mr. Washington, can you tell us just a little bit of maybe some of the direct resources that people can connect with? The mayor mentioned you know, Network 180 and Pine Rest and United Way. How about some of the city services that are available? So our economic development department just launched a, a small business uh, relief program for businesses that are in the CDBG targeted areas. So that either serving low income people or the majority of their staff are people that qualify for low income benefits. And some of the micro grants that are available for those small businesses, less than 25 uh, people um, employed are, would allow them to get about 5,000, up to $5,000. And so if there's, um, doesn't may not sound like a lot, but every little bit helps. Um, and so if you're interested in that, please go on our website and make application uh, online. And uh, Jeremiah Gracia, who's our new economic development director that we hired during COVID, uh, will be able to, he and the staff will be able to assist and help you in, in that endeavor. I do also want to um, echo what the mayor has also said about just personal mental health and support services. Uh, this has uh, not only been a professional challenge, but it's been a, a personal challenge for me. 
Um, I've, I've lost loved ones uh, due to uh, being COVID infected, one around Easter and the other on Thanksgiving Day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, it is challenging. And I, I would I would echo uh, what the mayor said in terms of, you know, one of the things we're trying to do for our employees is to make sure that we are there for them and have our internal wellness program. But we're also trying to make sure to the extent possible that we can be supportive of other people that are experiencing difficulties. So the police department has um, also rolled out uh, the services of the victim assistance specialist because we know that there has been an uptick in, in violence, but also the need for people who have been victim or have experienced or been traumatized by violent crimes. And so um, in addition to having the detectives follow up on the actual criminal event, we do have support services available uh, for um, um, support that uh, some of our social and behavioral health specialists in the police department can follow up and, and become um, supportive for victims and victim advocates. So. Uh, if you experience that as well, um, that is available uh, available resource uh, for you. You know, I, this might be a little bit out of each of your realms of expertise, but what do you suggest as just citizens, us as individuals do in terms of, uh, we know we should keep in touch with people if we can, check in on folks, um, also do business with our, our, um, our small businesses, but any, any recommendations, any suggestions in that sort of way? Well, I, I, I think I think picking up the phone, you know, I, I, I think in today's day and age with social media, we've kind of gotten away from talking to people by the, you know, we text, we email, we tag on social media. Um, I've been really encouraging people this year to pick up the phone and call not just your relatives and the people that you love, but call a neighbor that you know lives alone or, or check in on them. Um, you know, leave a note on their door and let them know that if they need something, especially if they're elderly, that you're a resource for them. And then a lot of our nonprofit organizations, they still need volunteers. So if you're healthy and you're physically able to spend a few hours helping out, I know I've done this a number of times throughout the last several months. I've gone out and helped deliver meals um, and sack lunches. You know, there's still a need with a lot of our nonprofits, especially this time of year, uh, where they need volunteers. Our food banks are busier than they've ever been, sadly. Um, and that requires people to help them with all the logistics of making that happen. Uh, and then obviously supporting your local businesses. Uh, I've even stopped in and just checked in on them and said, you know, how are you doing? What can I do to be helpful? Uh, you know, just letting them know that you see them and that you know it's a struggle uh, and that you care that they're gonna be there next year with us. Thank you for that. City Manager Washington, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of loved ones in your life through this. Um, and you no doubt identify with a lot of people in our country right now. Thank you for that. Um, I would also like to echo what, what the mayor said about being hyper-local. Um, you know, that, that's one of the things that I think that we're going to have to be very intentional about, especially during this holiday season, is being unapologetically um, intentional about uh, keeping our, our business in Grand Rapids or the Grand mm -hmm. Rapids area. And so I would um, I would encourage you to, to do that. I have I have done so uh, many times. I've not take, taken my picture and posted it on the city's Facebook page of where I'm shopping. I'm afraid that if I show one place that somebody else will accuse me of not going to another place. But but I, I do. I try to be very intentional about 
uh, supporting our local businesses. So I know it's real easy now to go online and buy anywhere mm -hmm. around the country or around the world, but I think uh, we need to take the added time and effort and cost if need be uh, during this holiday season to make sure that we're extremely local. That sounds fantastic. I want to give each of you one minute uh, as we close out to say, what are you looking forward to, excited to look forward to in 2021? And either of you can go first. You want to start, city manager? <laughs> I, I, I think um, a new beginning, um, starting a new year with, with um, you know, experiencing family in a different way. I think this holiday season is going to be very, very special. Um, I, I got a very talented uh, team of, of staff that, that surround me. I'm looking forward to solving some of the issues with them and with community and, and working with uh, our elected and governing officials to, to make sure that um, we prioritize and, and are able to uh, provide the hope that's needed and, and make sure that our community is resilient. So I am um, not afraid of the impossible because I don't believe that exists. I believe that we're, we're able to, to do everything even if it seems impossible. So I'm, I'm encouraged for 2021. Thank you for that. Well, I'm, in, I'm uh, looking forward to a little bit of a break over the holiday because things do tend to slow down a little bit. Um, but then looking looking forward to next year, I, I too am hopeful. Yeah, I've always believed that um, through challenge and obstacles comes great opportunity. And I'm looking forward to having the time to reflect and to figure out how we're gonna build back better. How do we come back from this pandemic stronger, more inclusive, more equitable, um, more of a livable city. You know, we, if any city can do it, I believe that we can do it. Uh, and then I'm really looking forward to just spending time physically with people. You know, as mayor, a, a significant part of my job was out in community. I would go to schools and talk to kids. I would read to kids. I would go to community meetings. I would go and I would, I would speak um, large groups, small groups, small gatherings. Uh, and I, I just really, miss being around people in this community and spending time with them and um, there's there's something uh, zoom is nice uh, but there you, you you really miss out on being able to develop some deep relationships and just sit with people you know even during hard times and so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing people face to face soon well thank you for that karaoke experience karaoke <laughs> city commission meetings <laughs> Nobody usually says those things, so that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you both, uh, City Manager Mark Washington, Mayor Roz and Bliss for a unique uh, city connection that really filled us in on a lot of things. We've, we've uh, been updated pretty well on what's going on in the city and we thank you for that. We'll wrap up City Connection for December. I'm Linda Galash, host with Community Media Center, and I must say thank you for the GRTV crew here at Community Media Center that made this very unique uh, broadcast possible. I want to say thanks to Chris Kotcher, Will Mosqueda, and Ted Dietrich. A nice job. This is City Connection, and we will exit for the December show here on Community Media Center's Channel 24.